Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Hola, welcome to Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, a gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing. With me, my host, the god of infrasound, the gold standard in ghost hunting, the amazing Steve Parsons. What's with the hola? Hola. Well, well you know, Spanish audience is growing big, so I just figured I'd get a little, make them feel welcome, you know? All right. I, there, there was me thinking there was some national holiday in America that I wasn't aware of. I don't know. No, no, no. I'm reaching out to our Latin brothers. So there you go. Well, there's plenty of them. Yep, now that we got the border open, uh, yep, it's... Yeah, come on in, folks. The doors are open. Mm. Hey, is it, is, it, what, is it true, because you're over there and I'm not, that mm-hmm. uh, Texas is about to leave the Union? Yeah, they can't. <laughs> They're trying. We fought this thing called the Civil War over it. Well, aren't they fighting to keep the border shut? Yes, they are. Wasn't that a good thing? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, so why are you, you know, fighting against them then? I'm not fighting against them. Okay, just, it's just the way. It I is. was just—I just can't make head and tail. Like, why the National Guard are closing the border, and the U.S. Army are going down there to stop the National Guard closing the border? Makes no sense. Okay. Something's going on here. Okay, there it is. Makes no sense. It's probably paranormal. Hmm. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Roy says he's not trying to leave, so they're not closing the border on him. (laughs) Good for Roy. You stick with it, Roy. So I was uh, reading that uh, Musk has implanted the first human brain chip. Has he? Yeah, I just, 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 I mean, just. What, into you? Sec- no, I already have well, one. Well, why you said Ola before. You might Could have be. got the wrong, have you got Ooh. the wrong chip in? You know what? When I went in for that neck surgery, they might have slipped that little chip in my brain, huh? Yeah. I never thought of that. You could be Puerto Rican. Or Mexican or, or Guatemalan or, or Welsh. Uh, you couldn't be Welsh. <laughs> Even anyway. I can't be Welsh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I don't know. It's supposed to be for telepathy so people can talk to each other without speaking. I shall have to look at that because I, I can't. This should I, be a nice, I, quiet, quiet world. Now, yeah, you do know? you think we could do the whole of Ghost Chronicle, the whole of the show, just by sitting back and thinking about it? Yeah, drinking and then, tea. And, yeah. and then the people tuning in, notice I didn't say listening, could just 
find out what the show was like just by thinking about it. Just thinking about it. Yeah, it's, no, it's, I've just thought about it, and that's not doesn't work. <laughs> it's it's you know it, we have. I know it's been studied. This is very, this is, this is very existential tonight. I I know, but you know that there's so many. Why have you just, can't you just read ghost books like you normally do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, Jen Jen has this thing. She's she does this uh, this prayer at three o'clock uh, every day. It's it's done throughout the world. And does so it, that's, hang on, hang on. I just want to check something. Does it involve putting a mat on the floor? No, 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 oh, no. Just checking. No, wrong religion. Uh, but anyways, she does this thing. Uh, uh, at three o'clock, she does this prayer. It's uh, I forget where it's for, but she does it anyways. And uh, her desk is across from mine here, and on the the t- the top of the 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 desk, uh, she has all all kinds of stuff. But anyways, she hasn't she hasn't been feeling too well, so she's been sleeping a lot. So she went and took a nap uh, yesterday, oh, about two days ago. I shouldn't say yesterday. It was I think it was two or three days ago. And so I'm in the room by myself doing it, working on the computer, you know, not really doing anything, just reading and doing it on my computer. And all of a sudden I heard this noise and hit the keyboard and the thing. And I, and I look and it's the cross. She has a, a cross, a crucifix that sits on a desk. That's It's not on the edge. It's in pretty far. It just fell down off the thing. And... For some reason, it just happened to look at the clock, and it was three o'clock. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, must have been a reminder." <laughs> but I mean, we have so many things like that, Steve, where we have these incidences, and some people think they're signs from the realm, some from the other side, or whatever, and are supernatural. And of course, science tries to describe them as uh, describe them as just synchronicity or just you know, random. Uh, what do you, What do you do? You know what better than I do. I can't describe look, it. the word you're looking for is coincidence, isn't it? Yeah, random coincidence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of weird, though, right? Because I mean, you could. Well, you, if, I, if I lived in a house like like you with that weird batshit crazy stuff, you, you need to move or call the priest in. One <laughs> I, I get get out now. Burn it down or call the priest. Get out. I've heard that before. Yeah, I'd leave. Take oh, the hint and Hey, go. wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know what? You, you mentioned that, right? Now, this is another thing. Now, this is all good because these are things that people describe as being supernatural or paranormal. And for the last uh, week, Please I think it's. Give three, the house to refugees. Three times, three times this week, Jan has gotten up from her sleep and. And came in, she says, did you call me? I says, no, I didn't call you. She distinctly heard my voice three times calling her uh, on three separate occasions on this particular week. <laughs> so it's like, wow. oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I only, have to hear, I only have to hear your voice one time during the week. And I know. More than enough. Enough. I don't yeah. imagine it any other time. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, isn't we, that we, one we, of the we, things we, that people describe as, as paranormal activities, as paranormal experiences? They might interpret it that way, or yeah. you might, depending on your mindset, because you might just mm-hmm. determine it as being that was a bit 
of a strange coincidence. Bit odd. And then just move forward with your life. Mm-hmm. Which you do, normally the As time. the majority of people would do, I imagine. But well, if the you first were, time, and then it happens again, it's like, huh. And you go on, and then it happens another time, it's like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> and, that, well, and that's well, kind of weird. Is it, is it actually weird? Or is it, you know, could it be argued that... Um, Jan in a dreamlike state. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know the I know the scientific thoughts behind this. Yeah, well, yeah so you know, it, it could be that she just was having a hypnogogic moment. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hypnogotic! I like that word. You like that one, don't you? Yeah, I do oh, that's like why I used that one. Yeah. Hypnogotic. Yeah. I had, did you notice I paused though? Um, that wasn't a pregnant pause or dramatic pause. That was oh, a pause, I thought it was. So, no, so I didn't mistake hypnogogic. Uh, incidents which happen as you fall asleep with hypnopompic incidents which happen as you wake up. And I wanted to make sure I got the right word. That's what you should. Because somebody's got to get some kind of words right in this show besides you. (laughs) It ain't going to be me, you know that. (laughs) Because actually hearing your name called uh, is Mm -hmm. incredibly common at the point of before you go to sleep, so you are still technically awake, but your mm-hmm. brain is starting to go to sleep. It's starting to switch off. And science has looked at this and has studied this and the similar phenomena, like the jerks that some people do, the physical yeah. body jerks yeah. that some people oh, we do. Know. We, yeah, okay, go ahead. And that, of course, those, those same... Um, symptoms affect all of the sensory systems all of the nervous system is affected so it's hardly surprising people see flashes of light um other people you know will hear things sense of smell i i don't think is affected that people have it's not it's things. not as common it's certainly no not it isn't common. it isn't it's certainly not as common but no. but yet we know um from the prodromal uh, phase. Oh, another big word. I love it. Prodromal. Like yeah. Oh, yeah. Pro, no, prodromal. Prodromal. It's the phase that people enter in the earliest stages of an epileptic fit. They will be able, you know, they do. Uh, some people say that they know that they are going to have an epileptic fit because suddenly they smell metal or mm-hmm. flowers or rotting fish. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Jan, she's not well at the moment, so she's resting a lot. And mm-hmm. when you're just sitting, doing not much or lying around, not doing very much, you do tend to uh, have these micro sleeps. Oh, sure. So it could be that or it could be weird or it could just be paranormal because Unless, unless we, you know, had the abilities to measure uh, Jan's conscious level, consciousness levels, then work out whether she was actually at the brink of sleep. Yeah, unless we um, connected, how she was connected somehow <clears throat> with. Uh, yeah, and then it'd be so comfortable that she'd probably not go to sleep. Mm. So, is there a sit- is there a sit- that, Steve? And that's, that's kind of one of the, the that's why flat earthers exist. Not because they dream, well, they probably do dream about flat earth, but because we, 
day to day, the evidence that we can present, but the, because the case that they they um, offer forward is use your eyes, use your brains, stand on top of a mountain and look around you and the horizon is flat. Well, anybody goes and repeats that and says, yep, they're absolutely right. I've I've been to the top of a mountain. I've been at 30,000 feet over over, you know, in an aeroplane. And yes, look, the horizon is indeed flat. But they're neglecting physics because the Earth is actually a very big object and they're very not very big, big object. A very, very, very big object. And if you, you know, you are barely off the surface when you're at 40,000 feet in an aeroplane. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it looks flat. You know, I'm sitting here and, and the curtain uh, puller is just dangling and going back and forth and moving and everything else. Yeah. 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 I don't know, Steve. Of course, it is over the heating deck. That might have something to do with it. It doesn't even have to be uh, as unsubtle as that. Well, for example, for is. example, we have uh, it's an ornament very similar to, you know, those um, ornaments where you put a chime uh a, a sorry a tea like a small candle tea like candle above oh yeah a, looks like a little propeller and yeah. then there's little well we've got one of them but it doesn't have the chime so it's just basically a tea light and mm-hmm. a little propeller and if you put a light a candle beneath it obviously the propeller spins round yeah but all, but it also spins round seemingly spontaneously if you don't understand the laws of physics, mm-hmm. when you fill up the sink that it's on the mantle, uh, it's on the ledge above the sink. And so warm air rising from the hot water in the sink when you just run a dish, a bowl of hot water makes the little propeller turn around. Yeah. But some people might interpret that, interpret that as paranormal because there's no candle. So without mm-hmm. a candle, of course, what could be turning the little propeller around? could be, yeah. Because there's so. nothing there. And it can even sometimes do it with the sun heating up the window ledge. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I remember our, uh, what was that uh, thing you used to put in a radio arm? And a, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a different, that, that's a different. I know, that's, yeah, I know what it is, too. Yeah, the Crooks radiometer is, yeah, is a different cool. principle. Yeah. But. It's it's not dissimilar to the principle of the Stirling engine, though. It's funny you mentioned Crooks, be, uh, Crooks because I never knew that, but Crooks uh, light was actually used in scientific, I mean, paranormal investigating. Well, Sir William Crooks, FRS, was mm-hmm. one of the founders of the Society for Psychical Research and the inventor mm-hmm. of the sunglasses, amongst many other things. Yeah. So, I mean, nowadays we have uh, so many groups, paranormal groups, that, you know, say, oh, we use science to investigate. And you and I both know that just because you use equipment, whether it's good or bad equipment, uh, it doesn't make it a science thing. I mean, I was looking at the early investigators like Harry Price. You know, Harry Price uh, and and who else is a, there's a few of them, I think. That are, Go on, name yeah. three. 
You're asking oh, me. That, wait a minute. Yeah. You're asking me about names. Seriously, you know yeah. I can't name one person. All right. Uh, but you could you could throw a couple of you out. I mean, what you mean to help you out? No, no, just to show well, you, your prowess. You can, I like you when you show off your prowess. You, you know? could start with Catherine Crow. I'd, um, you could go with Sir Oliver Lodge. You could go with um, Michael Faraday. Mm-hmm. You could go with uh, uh, who wrote Treasure Island. Um, no, not Treasure Island. Who wrote, uh, sorry, Daniel Defoe. Daniel Defoe. Yep. Really? You, you could go back, which, you know, what's right wrong with the way side back. of the point? Well, you, I'm British, so I'm, I'm I'm just batting for the home team today. No, evidently. But I, the, you know, I mean, the uh, early investigators used a lot of, uh, they used uh, x-rays. And they used infrared and they used 3D cameras um, or stereo photography, as it was then called. Uh, they used very sensitive spring balances mm-hmm. and thermometers and all manner of scientific technology in order to measure stuff. What crooks um also built was a very sensitive device using spring balances it wasn't his invention he developed it from an american um robert uh, hair an american um chemist who was somewhat intrigued by the claims made by psychics and mediums as to where they were getting this psychic energy from in order to be able to move things like planchettes and so he set up a, a device for measuring using very delicate spring balances. And uh, Crooks went on to develop that. You know, that's what we need. In, in the years after 1900, several... No, we, these, need, we need Zach. Where no, no, no. In, in the years after the 1900, several uh, psychical laboratories were built in the Britain, Europe, and the U.S. Uh, by serious practitioners aiming to establish rigorous controls, uh, control conditions, control conditions for scientifically investigating the supernatural. So what yeah. they did is they established controls, which is important. Yeah, well, modern, uh, Harry modern, Price. modern investigators use controls. Harry they Price. Have, Harry Price, in setting up his laboratory, defined psychical research as the attempt to to ascertain by exact experimental methods how far the alleged phenomena of the seance room can be brought into line with normality. Could science explain the strange phenomena of spiritualists and cultists uh, claim to be uh, stemming from an unseen world so that's i mean he had a purpose he set up controls and he set up a laboratory we don't have these labs that would be a great show we could set up a laboratory steve one here in the u.s or one in the uk oh, great show steve what just for just for clicks and likes oh yeah yeah just clicks and likes we could be a well we, we could make it youtube we, well if we wanted to just click likes 
TikTok or whatever it is. If you wanted clicks and likes and wanted to be a YouTube TikTok sensation, then we don't need any of that. We just need to go on and tell people. Well, but we could do it naked. That would make bring up more clicks. If, we could get, get up. We could get up yeah, from, what, from Australia. I, just out of curiosity, what what medication are you on at the moment? Oh, I'm on lots of medications. You know that. Yeah, I think I can tell. Yeah, I think the listeners can also tell. Really. Yeah. Why are these so calm and collective? That's what's worrying me. They're right to the point. Cleverly, if not cleverly. <laughs> anyway, you were talking about science. Yeah. Uh, to conduct these exact experiments, Harry Price Laboratories who crypt the range of technologies from cameras to dictaphones, which are voice recorders, barometers, barographs, excuse me, uh, and that's a barometer basically measures the changes in the no, the no, a barometer measures a bar, um, and a bar, a barograph records. So a thermometer, Fair measures enough. all right, yes, yes, all right, I'll records. give you that, yes, yeah. dear, yes, dear, yeah, yeah. So the barograph was used, it was an Negretti and Zambra model, and it was basically a paper drum that re, a paper sheet that was attached to a drum that revolved past a a pen that moved up and down right. in a sort of like a, uh, the thing they used to measure earthquakes. Yeah, very similar. Well, very similar in the way it recorded, but slightly different in operation. Yeah, I understand that. But you know what's cool is is that you know people think, oh yeah, he was uh, you know Harry Price was a debunker and everything else, but he did he discovered some phenomena that he couldn't really explain. Harry uh, Price, Harry Price was not a debunker. I know, but people think that because he used these laboratories and, you know, he's quoted uh, in as fact, a, and he did the, expose some mediums and yes, some phenomena as yes, legit. Yes, he happily exposed fraud when he found it, but he also equally and on a number of occasions stood up and championed um, psychics and mediums uh, against people who would poo-poo it. He did it with, um, very famously, there was a magician, um, and we're not talking uh, Houdini, we're talking even before that, um, Maskelyne. And Price stood up at the at the theatre where Maskelyne was performing a show which purported to demonstrate some of the tricks used by the psychics. And, of course, some of them were legitimate tricks used by the psychics. However, uh, Price stood up and he challenged Maskelyne uh, to perform the exact say, uh, same phenomena under controlled conditions that Stella Cranshaw had under had demonstrated in his laboratory earlier, and masculine backed away, wouldn't have anything to do with it. Really? Hmm. But uh, he his uh, instrument uh, sometimes. Now we, you and I have talked about this before. Um, he did in 1925, 23. In 1923, uh, he tested a medium called Stella C. Stella Crunchy. Uh, yeah. The uh, the the room's temperature was carefully monitored. Yeah. It registered a significant drop in temperature during the the performance. That's correct. 
9.5 to 9.4 in the city. Spiritualists of the time uh, were excited because they believed that this was conclusive empirical empirical proof of a cold breeze of spiritual well, software. Well, that was company. one of the things that Price challenged Masculine to produce. Mm-hmm. So he did have this thing. I mean, it was recorded. Um, Absolutely, know. it was recorded. It's in his it's in his archives. He wrote about yeah. it in his own books. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's documented. It did happen. It took place. And it was carefully documented using proper equipment. So when Price um, found something that was anomalous, uh, he went after it, not to debunk it, but to understand it. And he also challenged people who would debunk it or poo-poo it um, to, well, don't just poo-poo it, come and do it under the same conditions, and then I will understand it. Mm -hmm. But masculine wouldn't do it. Yeah. But in in the case of Rudy Schneider, another medium, uh, by using infrared photography, he demonstrated that Schneider was actually freeing one of his arms and um, manipulating things around him. Mm -hmm. So he debunked Schneider. And when the SPR at the time were actually championing Schneider. Oh, they were. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are, so, I mean, we, you know, Price was, a, what you would call today, Price was an honest scientist. That, that's, that's a good, good term. I like that. And that's it's, what, that's, it's, he was, he was honest in what he found. And if he, if he had tested it and it was found to be credible, then he, he supported it. But he, he did sometimes change his mind, too. You know, he, he might champion something uh, or he might have a, a view on something and then discover later that he needed to change that view. He wasn't frightened to say, I've changed my mind. Right. Like you and I have said many times that we have done in, in our past. But anyway, you have to come up the break. And uh, so anyways, you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick. Oh, right I told you that video brought to you by Circles of <laughs> Wisdom, 286 Merrimack Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Now, if you're a listener of the show, you should join Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. It's three bucks a month. You don't have to sign up forever. So you can come on, see the exclusive stuff. There's over 50 there. And uh, become a member and help support the show. Anyways, we'll be right back after the following messages. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? 
then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Located in Illinois, there lies a sleepy little town where nothing is a common occurrence. You going to that party in town tonight? Heck yeah! I only turned 18 once. That is until the night of celebration. Where the hell is she? Oh no. No, 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 Jessica! What? From the creators of Shadowhunters, bite me, comes a tale of primal terror. Grind call mayhem. Shadowhunters, kill Jessica, kill! <laughs> in Illinois, sleepy in Illinois, and you've survived Jessica's birthday party. This is the second half of the first half of tonight's Two Hour Ghost Chronicles double edition. We're followed by The Next Generation with Ron and Steve. No, they're not in The Next Generation. This is this one, the international one, but because you knew that because you were here. Yeah. How is Jessica doing? Because you only turned 18 once. Heck yeah. Somebody yep. Told... <clears throat> yep. <clears throat> I'm muted, Jess. <clears throat> yep. Anyway. I so, this trailer in Illinois. We're talking about some of the <clears throat> early researchers in, in their work and investigating the paranormal. And... I'd rather talk about birthday parties in Illinois. They sound a heck of a lot more fun. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Anyway, one of the intriguing things that always intrigued me and you don't hear about that's it why it's much. intriguing yeah it's you don't hear about it very much these days is ectoplasm that's true what what is ectoplasm and why the heck don't we we hear about it nowadays well because the modern mediums don't don't exude ectoplasm um, what's their problem i don't know maybe it's something in the diet Ah, could be, yeah. Could be. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Um, we, we don't. In fact, I, I don't think I've ever uh, encountered a medium exuding ectoplasm. The internet. I mean, some of it has been captured in the past and studied 
in fact, there are several samples of ectoplasm inside the SPR's archives. Really? Um, yep. Um, it's and kind of dried out by now. You'd think so. Um, but then what you're left with is what you're left with. Um, but it, it was studied. And in, in the case of, for example, the medium Helen Duncan, it was found to be egg white. Ah, really? Mixed with some other human fluids that we don't want to discuss. Right. Yeah, um, I, I, and, I even and heard cheese cloth and other. Yeah, because I heard the cheesecloth yeah. when uh, I forget which investigator thought that what they did yeah, is they yeah let me they regurgitated it. They regurgitated it. It was actually stored in their throat, and then yeah, they that was that was Harry Price with Helen Duncan. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and he stood up in court and said that when she was charged with being a fraudulent medium, and surprisingly found guilty twice yeah but wasn't harry i mean wasn't she the one that predicted the airship disaster no that was oh, eileen okay. garris i i can never remember names you know that that sucks for me oh. eileen garris who then went on because she didn't actually believe it was dead people speaking to her mm -hmm. um and she went on to found in america she moved to new york city uh and then down to i think it's uh, I don't know if it's still, I think, well, she founded the Parapsychological Foundation, which is based, I think, still in New York, or it might be in one of the seaboard southern states. The American SBR is pretty much history. Nobody oh, they've gone. It. They've gone. Yeah. Sold up, moved off. And unfortunately, lost their archive. And that's something we can talk to Cal about because he's been one of the people champ following that story very closely. Oh, he has. So, so uh, many yeah, did he actually go there? He did. Yeah. And he's also visited um, Lizette, who was who is. Um, oh gosh, is she the daughter or granddaughter of? No, she is the daughter of um, Eileen Garrett. Oh, sweet. Um, because get her on the show. Garrett wanted to find out. Uh, well, drop her an email. She's very, you know, she's she's on social media. Um, the Parapsychological Foundation, the PF, is on all social media if people want to go and check them out. Mm, cool. Uh, it's run by Lizette, who is, I think he's the granddaughter, actually, correct myself, he's the granddaughter of uh, Eileen Garrett. But Garrett was, was Irish-born, lived in Britain, um, remarried, moved over to the United States, where she wanted science to try to explain to her um, what was happening, what, what, you know, as a medium, because she herself had said that she didn't think she was talking to the dead. Mm -hmm. But she was the one who you modelled up with Helen Duncan, who was a fat, fraudulent Scottish medium. Oh, don't tell someone um, that. Uh, I'm sure he'd agree. <laughs> um, who who just threw tantrums whenever she was challenged and was dragged off to court on three occasions there and was famously uh, has become notorious worldwide because she was tried under the witchcraft and vagrancy vagrancy act um, in during World War Two, and notoriously, the press then turned that into the trial of Britain's last witch. Um, 
which of course she wasn't and mm-hmm. she wasn't she wasn't accused of witchcraft she was accused of um well basically taking money off people under false pretenses yeah you did it but did it you was, do a it, talk at her with at spiritual yes, yes 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 yeah. hellish nell mm-hmm. uh, she was called um often through tantrums uh, but not to be confused with a medium of very high repute, very high regard, and that's Eileen Garrett. Mm, interesting. Now, one that was tested quite a bit by quite a few people uh, was uh, Marjorie Crandon. Mm-hmm. Boston lady. Couldn't keep yes. clothes on. Marjorie was arrested by psychologists, physicians, yeah. engineers, and they used a variety of scientific interests. But one thing I didn't know, and I... She, I could, watched, she couldn't keep her clothes on either, could she, Marjorie? No, no, no. But there was a reason for that. Yeah, she was a notorious... Um, well, she just liked showing off, basically. She liked taking her clothes off in public. Mm-hmm. Well, not in public. She was in the seance room. Uh, to a bunch of assembled people. Yeah. Uh, her husband was a Boston doctor. Um, and she, Marjorie was actually, um, I suppose, investigated is the correct word by Harry Houdini. Yes. And he built her a box, um, a wooden box. box. Yeah. yeah. Um, which she didn't like, but it confined her so that she couldn't get up to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there was a display I went to a number of years ago in London uh, that had the original artifacts, the box, the chair, the gown that she wore, um, and some of the other devices that Houdini had used during his testing of Marjorie. Oh, pretty cool. One of the things that Marjorie would do uh, is... Take her clothes have, off a lot. Yeah, besides that, she would have this spirit here and come out of her navel. Yeah, that's... And Go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 that's true. In 1925, the spirit chant came out. Uh, it was supposedly belonged to Walter, who was a uh, spirit. Uh, skeptical investigators speculate the hand was stored in Marjorie's Vagina, or Vagina, as we also say, uh, yeah. but it was never proven. Marjorie was internally searched before and after seances. Yeah. Who gets that job? Uh, because of his social standing, however, in a marriage to a well-to-do physician, many investigators treated her with more respect and with a greater benefit of doubt than uh, some of the working-class mediums. Mm-hmm. So that's see, they also, there's always something. But this is the cool part. I, I know that's cool too. But in some seances, Marjorie allowed impressions of Walter's ectoplasmic hand to be taken and softened dental wax. Mm-hmm. The ectoplasmic hand of uh, Walter. One, of those, heard... one of those was at the London exhibition. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. One of the yeah, dental wax impressions. They, and they actually compared the fingerprints in the wax. Yes, they did. To and the they sand. found them to be. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go on. No, you, no, no. You've got, no. You got, well, it wasn't psychic. It wasn't Walter, was it? No. <laughs> but, uh, but it wasn't the person that was there. But it was a person. 
A fingerprints match those of her still living dentist. Correct. Who had participated in an earlier seance. Yep. But not all agreed with this charge, nor that is a suggested fraud. So even though his handprint was in there, uh, <laughs> well, you know, fingerprints have been used to convict people of many, many things. Uh, but fumbling inside a Boston doctor's wife um, was relatively uncommon. Mm -hmm. um, but nevertheless, if you can be, you know, fingerprint evidence is used in courts of law because it's generally considered to be fairly conclusive. A note in the scientific journal Nature documented the controversy, including countercharges by other investigators alleging bad face, falsification of material evidence, and senator motives, including that of the wax print, may have been tampered with. Oh. So, well, you know, like in the trial of Hellish Nell, uh, Helen Duncan, I talked about earlier, um, you know, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and other, you know, uh, great dignitaries were on her side because they believed her psychic and offered up many reasons for uh, her defense and as to why the prosecution evidence at the trials was flawed. Yeah, see, that's, you know, that's one of the problems we have. When we have evidence, you know, it's it's the first thing is to collect the evidence. I agree. But then the second part and, and sometimes the more important part is the safe storage of said evidence. Uh, we have had uh, many cases here in the United States thrown out of court or, or been uh, overturned because of the chain of evidence couldn't be established or was found to be improperly. So you have that point of it as well. I think, I, I think that's, that, that's, I mean, that's a wise law to have because we have it here in the UK as well. And that law is really to prevent false imprisonment. Right. Or, or a miscarriage of justice. And so you were on the side of caution. It's better to let... Uh, 10 guilty, what was it somebody famously said? It's better to let 10 guilty men go free than can convict one innocent man. Yeah. So a lot of pro a lot of defense cases try to, they don't try to establish that the person didn't do it. They try to establish that the person, that the prosecution evidence isn't, is imperfect and cast doubt on it. And if they cast sufficient doubt on it, then, of course, a good jury will not convict because there is an element of doubt. In Under British law, we have a thing called beyond reasonable doubt. I don't know. America probably has a very similar rule. Yeah. Um, but if, if, if there can be sufficient doubt by the defence proposed, you know, by way of, uh, oh, well... Um, the the dental wax impression hand wasn't under lock and key 24-7 because the desk the custody sergeant who was looking after the evidence went for his lunch one day and somebody could have broken in and tampered with it. 
So right. they try and put up a a defense. I, I thought in the UK you had to prove your innocence versus the US where what? that's how it used to be. <laughs> oh. In the dim and distant days before modernity where I mean under British law now you you're probably guilty and have to prove your own innocence. Yeah, it's exactly. Yeah. You're guilty, you had a proof, but the other one is your yeah. it, you, it used to be your innocence until proven guilty, and in fact, many people wrongly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, but interestingly, we do have one one interesting difference in the way that um, somebody might get prosecuted, say for something like murder. Yeah. Um, the or, or or any crime. The police don't prosecute. The police arrest and detain and investigate. The decision to prosecute is taken by the Crown. Uh, it's called the Crown Prosecution Service. And oh. they look at they look at the evidence and they say, based upon that evidence, is there a likely chance of a conviction? And if the, they deem that a conviction is likely... So, you know, better than even, I mm-hmm. uh, say, uh, then they will, then they will prosecute. Do you have uh, double jeopardy? Uh, yes, we have something similar. Where you, you, if you found innocent of a crime, you can't be tried again. Yeah, we have something similar, but America doesn't have that any, any longer, does it? Because I mean, yes, it, yes, it does. Does it? I've lost count of yeah. how many times Trump's been in court in the last year. Yeah, most of civil civil courts, which oh. is different. It's not criminal action. It's only civil action. It seems to cost him a lot of money. That I mean, that's the thing. You know, for instance, they want to remove him from the balance in some states, and they quote the January insurrection uh, as the thing, but the only problem is he was never really convicted of that so you really in the united states you're innocent until proven guilty and if he hasn't proven guilty then his name should be on the ballot that's the way it is but i mean well, whether that, you that, re- i mean that agree with him or not that's the way it should be well that seems like common sense wasn't mm-hmm. it did they is it something like the 14th amendment um yeah. and that, but that seems eminently sensible you can't double convict him because if he's never been convicted of an original crime, you can't punish him under a law that says you can't do something if you've been convicted. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway. So, I mean, we look at, I mean, like I said, we were talking uh, earlier about uh, how how the radiograph uh, of is used as, uh, to in in uh, the investigating the paranormal, like for instance in Duncan in 1933, um, they uh, X-rayed her abdomen and chest and thorax to detect uh, cheesecloth, uh, but they didn't prove anything. Uh, but you know the that, act. That, that that was when she had one of her biggest tantrums, and she agreed to be X-rayed, and then. Declined, agreed, declined, agreed, declined, had a temper tantrum, punched a policeman, uh, and eventually did agree. Um, but we've just, uh, sorry, I was chuckling because I was distracted because the 
the headline show is on the television at the moment here in the UK. Oh, here we go. What is it? And, yeah. Uh, the headline says, I filled my apartment with carnivorous plants just to annoy my vegan flatmate. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the UK. I'm sorry. In Florida. I'm sorry. <laughs> UK in Florida. <laughs> That's a cracker. I'm going to have to try that. I know some vegans. Mm-hmm. Get lots of carnivorous plant meat eating plants and see if they freak out over it. <laughs> well, I mean, th- there is an there is a, a conundrum there if you're a vegan because you you abhor meat eating, and you know everything's got to be plant based, mm-hmm. including you know meat eating plants, presumably. Mm-hmm. Well, be, yeah, that's going to mess with their heads, isn't it? Now, if I just connect my plant talking to one of those plants, they'll hear the thing screaming as they munch on their salad. Then they, uh, you know, that might change their mind too. They might have to starve yeah. to death. I think next week we should do the show. I uh, we should change our gender for next week's show. Oh, we can do that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, cool. Oh, that's supported by your House of Representatives. They say you can. You've just got to you don't have to be no you don't say formally known as that's dead naming mm-hmm. yeah we have pronouns now that we can use too so yeah you have to you have to pick your pronouns yeah <laughs> whatever i get other things to worry about so you know scientific back in the days we use much more and investigating uh, back in the days we were critical we were analytical thoughtful um and you compare that to modern investigators who let's be honest are sensation seeking tiktok instagramming doing it for the screams the money the ego there there are some who are doing it for more genuine reasons but the majority are fame-hungry Instagrammers. Yeah. Oh, follow us, click like, join our group. Come along and we'll, rolling your eyes is a microaggression, civil servants are told. So well, I've, just, I've just got rid of all of, you know, any anybody out there in a paranormal team who spends a Saturday night huddled round a broken radio mm-hmm. and sticking the results the next morning on on their social media or begging for clicks, likes and followers on their social media pages. They've all just clicked off now. They've gone. So there's nobody else out there listening except maybe John. What? John will stick with us. So you know about so Crooks, I did, didn't realize that he was so involved in the uh, the parents. Yes, yes. And uh, he uh, he did a lot of testing on a medium called Florence Cook. He did. Um, it, that's a little bit actually controversial because yes, I know. he did because he, had- he was. There was an age difference, and Florence Cook was quite an attractive lady, 
And there is an oh, element. Yeah. I have a picture here. Wait a minute. Let's see how attractive she was. She was attractive by 1930s, 20s. Okay, there you go. 1930s. She was. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was an elder, an elder man by then, mm -hmm. um, probably closer to your age. Um, that old, huh? Yeah. Okay. yeah. And he was very flattered by her and very beguiled by her which has led to the suggestions that he may have had more than a fingerprint on her. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Um, so, you know, he, he may have been misled to an extent or blinded by his attraction. And because he's not here to, um, but, you know, Crooks is an interesting character because he used science, but equally, you know, he supported mediumship. Um, yeah. But what it, you know, I was talking about this recently, and what is interesting, if you look at likes of Crooks or Sir Oliver Lodge or Faraday or Robert Hare in America, um, and innumerable other scientists who have studied mediums and other, you know, related phenomena, not ghosts, but. What you, what you often find is quite surprising, the very high proportion of them who, who, who completely changed their allegiance. They went in deeply sceptical and came out as f uh, very ardent believers. And that, that to me is quite fascinating because they studied it in depth. They didn't scratch the surface. It wasn't some sort of oh, I'll have a look at a couple of TikToks or I'll watch a, a YouTube video. Um, you know, they they spent a number of years studying these phenomena. These were true men of science, but they changed allegiance. They became from uh, dissenters to supporters. And that is true for nine out of ten of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Crooks, you know, he was, he used uh, water instruments, but he, he was able to, uh, he, as studying uh, uh, Florence Cook, uh, she was able to materialize under certain trans conditions, a full body apparition known as Katie King. Mm -hmm. And he was able to take pictures of this. And there are photographs and they're not very convincing. And uh, he sent them, actually sent them to uh, uh, William Hope for a seal of approval, which he did. Well, if you have a look at, <laughs> we all know Hope's you, reputation. <laughs> well, if you look at um, those photographs of Katie yeah. King, Florence Yeah, Cook, we're coming down to the end of the show, Steve. Too, yeah. just like, well, yeah. people can go and Google them and have a look. And you, what you see is what they are. You will recognize quite quickly that many of them are just papier-mâché masks. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the uh, Ham uh, Hamilton photographs of the ectoplasm, which most people can recognize as cheesecloth. Yeah, very, very yeah. clearly. Although so, he did some cool experiments just just up the coast in um, Maine. In Canada. Hamilton. Yeah, Canada. Thought he was electrocuting people in Maine, York. No, no, oh, that's the other guy. 
Uh, no, Hamilton was a Toronto researcher. Oh, sorry, Hammond, wasn't it? Who was electrifying, electrocuting yeah. mediums Hammond. in Faraday cages. Hammond. Yeah, sorry, yeah, my bad, my bad. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was, he was, he conducted the same thing, closed off seances, sealed well, rooms. I, I mean, New England was, particularly in and around Boston, was an absolute hotbed of psychical research in the early 20th century. Yeah, we got to go now, unfortunately, so... Anyway, oh, well, saved yep. by the bell. I know. We've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Pass and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet Radio. Stay tuned for Ghost Chronicles Next Generation uh, with Leslie and myself as we interview Gear Allen and Ghost Crimes. You didn't know ghosts could commit crimes, did you? I've never seen a goat commit a crime yet. Yeah, goats do. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. well, you've got spectral evidence. Why not? That's true. Anyway, we do have to go. So uh, we're brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 286 Memory Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glitz, your family law group, 15 High Street, North End of Massachusetts, and our very good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio and Patreon. Become a member and help support the show. Good night, everyone, and God bless. Good night. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.